Thomas Ross Perry. Matthew Stephen Boyle. Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, the game I wasn't going to get. We can talk about that. <laughs> the game that I believe we talked about the week before last, where you mm. said, oh, I, I don't really see why I should, I, sure I should yeah. get that, why that's going to be well, any good. Okay, it's a game you've definitely got to try before you can make your mind up about it, because there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware about you know, going into this game that pleasantly surprised me. Well, that's good to hear, Tom Parry. <laughs> Let's talk about it on Tom and Matt Attack. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, first of all, I should say, how are you doing before oh, we really launch well, into this Pokemon? I'm, we've, we've, well, we've already done that off mic, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the sake of our listeners, I am very well, thank you. Yes, how good. are you doing, Matt? Not so I'm, good. All I'm, right. well, n- I'm be better. better than I was. Yeah, so <laughs> apologies, dear listeners. The reason we didn't do a podcast last week is because I went and got that bloody corona again. Um I guess at this point, yearly, hey, go get your vaccines, etc., etc. COVID sucks. Talk, but yeah, I'm I'm okay now. Thanks. Um, is what it is. It wasn't as bad as last time. Still not something I really recommend. I give COVID um, one out of ten. Great. Yeah. So it goes. People don't play COVID. This. Not worth playing. You know. No, uh, leave, don't play yeah. COVID. Leave it alone. Even if it's on Game Pass, just <laughs> look the other way. It's fine. Sure, but but Pokemon do play Pokemon. This is Pokemon Legends, uh, Arceus. Arse, yeah. Is it Arceus? Arceus. Arceus, Arceus sounds like an arse, doesn't it? I mean, I want to say Arceus, but I think it is Arceus from what I've heard of Nintendo talking about it over trailers and indirects and all that. Arceus, yeah. I'm just going to say Pokemon Legends so we don't have to mispronounce it for the entire podcast and wind everyone up. Does that really wind people up? I think it probably does. Some people, I don't know, hopefully not our listeners. Our (laughs) listeners don't seem the type to come at us. Because honestly, we don't care. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a fictional creature. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so it goes. Yeah, no, well... To be honest, the the one good thing about getting this year owner means that I, you know, I it, I tested positive the, well, I took a test the day before Arceus came out. I'm just I'm just gonna say it wrong. Screw it. So it goes. Um, I t- I took a test the day before it came out, and then I tested positive. My wife fortunately tested negative, so I said, "Look, can you quickly run to the shops for me and grab this?" So she did. He's a very and good wife. Is, she is. is, is she yeah. is. And this is the thing, because I, I was then being a good husband. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go lock myself in the spare room, so hopefully you don't get this." And touch wood, so far she hasn't. And I, it meant that I played a lot more of Pokemon than I kind of expected to that weekend. And in a nutshell, Tom, I think it's pretty bloody good. Yeah, you know, I've heard some people in reviews describe it as a proof of concept. Because essentially what it's doing is it's overhauling how you would play a Pokemon game in a really positive way, I feel. 
Um, it's breathing fresh life into the formula. But it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's... Um, all the way there. All, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, this is what people have said about it. And I think there's certainly room for development, but the core gameplay that they've... The systems and how they've integrated the systems... It's incredibly clever how this game has been designed, I think. I think it's a I grand so. job with it. Yeah. I think so too. I I was playing it, and much like the moment I had when I was playing uh, Breath of the Wild for the first time, and I remember there's a really vivid memory in my head of me being on a cliff in a thunderstorm, the wind blowing the grass around me, me sneaking with a bow to go and mercs and moblins i was like man this is what zelda was like in my head when i was a child ah. i cannot believe we are at this technical level of prowess and i think for pokemon actually not only was like man this is how i imagined pokemon to be after watching the anime rather mm -hmm. than playing the red and blue for the first time but it also made me realize this is kind of what i wanted from a pokemon snap too okay of like you know, uh, an open, more open world, not yeah, on rails. A more, a more open world, but also just reactions in the environment, yeah. creating interesting situations with Pokemon. Yeah, because essentially, new Pokemon Snap wasn't really all that new, was it? It was the same sort of thing. No, I mean it was just it was it was literally they just said, "Oh, you like that N sixty four game? Use it, but it looks slightly nicer." <laughs> Um, yeah, but I would say before we go into this, I don't think it's quite on the level of Zelda, but for no. a Pokemon game, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a revelation, isn't it? I think. <laughs> yeah. And I, I heard someone else talk about this in another podcast and it's like the iterations that Game Freak have made to the Pokemon series over time have been so incremental mm. that I think getting something like this that is essentially a new pokemon game in the in the truest sense of the word it just feels like a breath of fresh air absolutely yeah it it really does uh there's so much to talk about isn't there with this game first of all let's just say it's not like a typical pokemon adventure it's not no uh you're a kid in a town and then you go off on an adventure. Well, you do get given a Pokemon at the start, but you're not going around. The idea isn't to battle gym leaders and get badges and face an Elite Four. It is more to document the Pokemon living in the world and create what I think is the first Pokedex. Is that, yes, the, uh, that it, the idea? that is the idea. Yeah. There, there is a bit of, and I... We can talk about this. I've played substantially more than you, Tom Parry. Well, yeah, to put it into perspective, I've played three and a half hours of it. So I'm close to the 47 <laughs> at this point, I think. So um, you're the expert on this game. Well, I, I think what it does is, right, like from the offset, even with just, hey, let's catch these three starter Pokemon, you pick one, you go on your adventure to start the Pokedex. I think it, it almost kind of feels like a reboot of Pokemon, if that mm. makes sense, because I think because that's are the same parallels. at least, isn't it? You start yeah. off with one of the three, but I think that matters very little in the grand scheme. No, of things, but I, 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 I don't find just to say that I don't find like I'm as bonded with my starter Pokemon as I have been in other games. I have, I know, re I, I mean, I've not really been using them as much as some of the other Pokemon, for example. I have. Okay. Um, Maybe I, that will come in time. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me, I picked Cyndaquil because so did I. I always yeah. go fire. Yeah. I think he is not the because you can get such strong Pokemon near the start. Well, this is it, isn't it? I've got like that big um, evolution of Bidoof, who's like he's a bit of a tank, isn't he? So if I'm yeah. in a tricky situation, I just pull him out, let him soak up a load of damage. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, right, I'll go back to what I was going to say sorry, before I sorry. go into squads. It's, no, I, I think, I think if you look at this Pokemon game compared to Red and Blue, I think there are a lot of similarities. I think the, you know, you get your starter, obviously, like you do in the other games. Professor Oak gave you the Pokedex and said, I've made this thing called the sure, Pokedex. It was always Please a, go and do that. It was always a part of the original game, wasn't it? Not only were you yeah. going to become the Pokemon champion uh, master, but you were going to collect all the Pokemon. That was a Yeah, yeah uh, but I, complete I also... Pokedex. I also just think the world is closer to red and blue. Like the whole, don't go into the grass. Pokemon are terrible things. They're going to hurt you. Mm. The, oh, yeah. There's a threat yeah, to Pokemon now. That, those edges that have kind of been sanded off over the years and like, oh, Pokemon are your friends. Oh, play with your Pokemon. Oh, isn't this nice? Like that isn't really here in this game. And I think looking at it and especially i think it's true as you go later into the game i think arceus is a pokemon game made for the more mature person who's grown up with pokemon i think this is them saying well the mainline pokemon series from now on we can clearly make this as a thing for kids the way we have always intended it to be and i think maybe they can go into more mature themes with the pokemon legends franchise i think Perhaps, but it's it's still very accessible, isn't it? It's not like it's complicated. It's certainly been made to be able to be played by anyone. Yeah, for sure. But it's I, incredibly I, user friendly. The story is more bleak though than what you would be used okay, to. Okay, so Pokemon, this is like. where I've not really got into the the meat of the story. I guess no. Yeah. And I, while gym leaders obviously aren't a part of it, there are still battles. You will still mm, oh, fight yeah. with trainers. You will still do these things. Just not to the extent that, you know, you're walking to Viridium Forest and you run into 17 people on the way and still have the same fight with the Rattatar. The gameplay sort of works as you have an objective. On the way to that objective, you end up getting um, preoccupied with catching Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It is yeah. is an open-world Pokemon game. Like, the the amount of time that I have spent going like, oh, no, I need to... I want... I really want an Alakazam. I'm going to go through the pains. There's Abras on them, their hills. I've seen the Abras. They disappeared uh, as I galloped through them on my steed. I, I crouched, Tom. I walked very, very slowly in the grass, and I used a heavy ball, because there are some new balls in this that you craft, which we'll get into a second. And I lobbed into the Abras. like, great. So pretty much my, my squad is at least four Pokemon that I caught in that starting area, now I think about it. Hmm. I've got a, I've got a Typhlosion, obviously my evolved Cyndaquil. I've got the oh, what is his name? I can't. This is the thing. Despite me having them in my squad, I can't remember the evolved form of. So I've got a Litleo, which is an evolved Shinx. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've... got a. A Kadab, uh, an Alakazam, which I call... Oh, hang on, Litleo's not. That's a fire Pokemon, and Evolve thinks it's Luxio. Oh, you're right, Luxio. And 
a Talos star? Is that the evolved Starly? It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a Gyarados, because I know where to catch Gyarados. I saw them very early on in that first area. I was like, I'm, I'm going to come back for you. There's going to be a point where I'm going to be able to catch water Pokemon more easily, and I'm yeah. coming back for you, Gyarados. Yeah. And then I've got um, Palkia. Is it the legendary? Palkia? Mm. Yeah. Just because I caught him, and that fight was a bit of a pain in the ass. And I was like, well, I'd always had... My sixth squad was kind of a... My sixth member of my squad was kind of a rotation. First of all, I had an EV that I evolved into an Umbreon, and was like, oh, I like Umbreon, I'll keep a dark Pokemon. Then I swapped it out when you get to one of the later areas. It's got a lot of ice Pokemon for a snow run. I was like, oh, great, now I've got ice, now I can kill dragons. Mm-hmm. And then I just got Palkia, and I was like, oh, actually. Palkia Pal- being the legendary from Pokemon Pearl, I think. Yes, it yeah, is. Okay. Yeah. Is there any connection there to his appearance in this? Does it connect itself to Diamond and Pearl in any there... way? Yes, it does. Because that's obviously the, the current yeah. uh, remake, isn't it? You you will get into, like, you will meet descendants of the Diamond and Pearl clan as you go throughout the game. and you. Will... Ah, they have mentioned this, yeah. haven't they? I've, I've looked characters from the Pearl and the Diamond. Yeah. yeah, okay. You will talk to them. It will tie to those games in a more okay. clear way. It'll also tie to some other games, which is, I think, quite interesting. Them going like, you are clearly a person who has bought this, who's an adult that loves Pokemon. Here you go. So there is something in there for the old-time Pokemon fans. For sure. 100%. Which we both are, as we've discussed in our our two-part Pokemon retrospective. Exactly. Um, Which, please go and have a listen if you haven't listened to that already. It's uh, available on the usual uh, channels. So... Other than, obviously, like them making a more mature game in my eyes for old-school Pokemon fans, there are some new stuff to this. There is... Lots of new stuff. Apart from, as we've said, like an open world that is full of Pokemon and possibilities, there's a lot of, like, crafting to it. And when I started to engage with those mechanics, I was like, oh, no, is this going to be... I have to go and gather a load of stuff and do these things... And I think it just comes part of playing the game. I think the crafting system is pretty intuitive. I don't think that Nintendo makes a big to-do about it in the ways that some games certainly do. It's well implemented, I would say. Yeah, other than the fact that to increase your uh, uh, bag for for the amount of items, it is quite a laborious process to keep talking to that guy. Yes, yes it is. (laughs) I agree with you. Honestly, it got to the point where I... I will literally just fly back to camp now and dump all my items in an item box because I was like, okay, I've upgraded to a certain point. I can't be bothered. Yeah, to do this so the guy in the in the game, you meet him quite early on. He says he can give you an extra slot in your um, bag, basically, yeah. so you can carry one more one more item, and yes. it increases in increments of one. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, that it does. seems to be, and it's like he doubles the price every one slot he gives you. Yes. So uh, it's a well. I wish you could just say, can I have 20 slots? How much is that? I wish you could just go, cool, can I have a bigger bag, please? Can I <laughs> can I just buy a bigger bag that costs incremental yeah. amounts of money rather than having this faff of like... Because the whole conceit of it is as well, like, oh, I can teach you how to pack really well so you can fit one more item in. I'm just like, just send me a bag. I just don't care. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one, one, one... Oh, there's so many huge changes. There's like this... You actually um, decide when you want your Pokemon to evolve. Yes. They don't evolve automatically. Yes. 
And you can also change their moves. You can yeah. literally click on a Pokemon and go, actually, you know what? My Typhlosion's getting hammered here with all of these fire moves I've got. I've got some quick attacks. I've got some normal type moves. I've got some rock type moves. Maybe I'll put those on him instead. So you can swap them in and out? Yeah, whenever yeah. you want. Yeah. Literally. Wow, it's, it's, yeah, reinventing the formula in a really positive way, I think. 100%. And I mean, there's also, because it is an open world game... There are what is the ty- what is the name of them? You will remember this fresher than I have because I've played a lot of the game since. You play a little whistle and essentially you get a a Pokemon yeah. come to you that provides a mount or a certain thing. Yeah. There are I think five of them. I want to say in total mm-hmm. you get. Um, you've obviously mentioned you get an evolved Stantler that I can't remember the name of. And I said, yeah. <laughs> Is it an evolved Stantler? Is that what it is? It, it is an evolved Stantler. It's a yeah. big white deer. It's like yes. um yeah. It's like uh, animals of farthing wood. Uh white yeah, deer. The, park. the white stag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it well yeah, you get so you get a deer and you can ride around like a horse uh, akin to obviously a pawner in Zelda. Yeah. And then from there you get the second one. Are you in the second area yet? I haven't had another um, mount, yeah. I've I've yeah. just um, beaten Cleaver. Yeah, yeah. Which is the first big boss, okay. and yeah, that even the boss encounters in this game are weird. Like, but the whole idea of having boss encounters rather than um, gym leaders is because it's the Pokemon you battle. You have big Pokemon who have gone a bit. Is it always the same? Have they always gone a bit crazy and you have to calm them down? Is that the overall? Yes, that is yeah. the conceit. Yeah, and it mm. it relies on... It, it almost becomes like a third-person action game for a little bit because you've got, like, sacks of the Pokemon's favourite food and you need to do dodge rolls and throw the snacks at the Pokemon. Yeah, so do they all like the same? Health? Do they all have, like, they'll just charge they... at you, you have to dodge? No, and then... they, they get more complicated. Okay. Yeah. And you can, at certain points where you've like knocked them to a certain level of health, throw in your Pokemon, and then you can attack, which stuns Well, that's them. it, isn't it? Yeah, so when when you want to within the battle, you can pull out a Pokemon to fight them and gives you more of an opportunity to throw yeah. their food at them. Yeah. But to, to be fair, this is my one complaint with Breath of the Wild, is that the boss fights kind of felt out of place with the rest of what was going on in those games. Okay. And I, I think that is true of this. Like They get better, but it still feels rather wild to me that you're fighting a boss without your Pokemon. And but you almost... are, because they're there. Yeah, but they, I, I killed, I killed um, the first two bosses by just without. throwing stuff at yeah. them. You don't need to use your Pokemon, because the window for you throwing the Pokeball to engage for me was so small. Yeah. I managed I was... to do it with, with Cleaver, uh, but then again, I... I... I think I could have managed without as well, yeah. Yeah, you, as you, you have can. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can do. So, yeah, what else is new? I mean, oh, so much. Uh, there, there's this. Uh, you can choose like the speedy attack or certain attacks. You have a choice oh, of yeah, style. Strong or agile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really made so much use of that yet. You will start to as the game goes on. So essentially, what they've done with this Pokemon game is taken the system from bravely default if we're totally honest the attack system there where you have a turn order that's visible in the top right hand corner of the screen oh that's right that's new as well (laughs) and you can see okay 
I can perform a quick attack with my Sphinx. And I will then get another turn. So I can actually do some damage. I can quickly throw a quick attack and then I can maybe do a Thundershock and paralyze this Pokemon so I have a better chance of catching it. With By clicking the left bumper, you go into... If you have a move at a certain level of mastery, what is known as an agile style, which might actually be, if you look at your quick attack, you'll see the turn order shift and say, oh, actually, I if I do this as an agile attack i can get in an extra turn Mm. it'll be less damage it'll use more pp but i can do this quicker which means i can probably get in a quick attack thundershock and throw a pokeball it's clever it's an extra level of strategy yeah it is they didn't have to do that but they they seem they've really gone the extra mile just yeah improving on or Maybe not. Well, it's improving on in a way, isn't it? It's like adding more to it. So Yeah, and then yeah. in the flip side of that, the strong attack is, oh no, I don't have a lot of health left. I If I don't... I, I'm fighting this Kadabra. Mm-hmm. If I don't... If I don't kill this Kadabra the next turn, it's going to kill me with a Zen head. But yeah. I'm going to click right bumper and instead do a strong attack, which deals twice the damage usually, mm-hmm. but comes at the cost of me using up an extra turn. Mm-hmm. And as the Pokemon you are facing can also use agile and strong attacks, you kind of need to factor in crap. If I do this, am I going to get hit four times as a result for this? Am I absolutely sure? that using Flamethrower versus Rock Slide is the correct choice here. And you have to yeah. like, look at it, and the game is very good at telling you, like, okay, this is the power level, this is the potential accuracy of this move, it gives you all those stats, and it makes Pokemon Combat so much more fun than I think it's been for a long time for me. It's yeah, a shame, and these though. seem like quite simple ideas, simple updates, but yeah. they go a long way to make this feel like a really unique, progressive experience yeah 100% right yeah. i can i can also say at 47 hours into this game they also tom parry don't require you to trade pokemon with anyone it's almost as if they've realized hey you are an adult and maybe you don't have other people in your life who are playing pokemon the same way on a schoolyard as mm. with the other games you can get items um around the some of the areas are lost satchels which are supposedly from players who have been knocked unconscious as with the previous games instead of losing money when you're knocked unconscious you will also lose items and so these lost satchels disappear into the wild and you can collect them on behalf of other players Hmm. as you can in games like death stranding and loads of other things and so you go out and you get those and you get special points for doing that and there's actually a vendor then in the town that will sell you items to evolve Pokemon with those. And that means that classic Pokemon, like Haunter into Gengar, Machoke into Machamp, Golem Mm. from Graveler and Kadabra from Alakazam, are accessible to you. You can literally buy a Link Cable item that looks like an old Game Boy Link Cable. Again, a nice throwback. That you can use on your Pokemon, so you don't have to trade. And they, they, you, yeah, suffice to say, Tom Parry, there's a way to catch every single Pokemon that I have encountered in that game. 
Amazing. Now, new. do you know, Matt, how many Pokemon you can get in this particular game? I believe the total Pokedex is 238. Okay. I'm happy I... to hear that it's a more reasonable number than some of the later installments. Sword and Shield was just like, well, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So uh, I won't bother. I, I currently <laughs> have, Tom Parry, 235 Pokemon. Wow. There are two Pokemon that I cannot get. Oh. Because I do not own a copy of Brilliant Pearl Radiant Sap oh, Radiant no. Diamond. And I do not own a copy of Sword and Shield, so I cannot get Darkrai, and oh, yeah. I cannot get... Oh, what's its name? The weird hedgehog thing with the flowers. Uh, sh- Shaman, yeah. Shaman, yeah. Those ga- those Pokemon are exclusive to people who have save files from those games. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I can get Shaman, but I can't get Darkrai. Yeah. yeah, which is pretty annoying, to be honest with you, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean... I had very little interest in getting uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes. I I haven't picked them up. No, me neither. And to be honest with you, playing this game has made me go, oh, I really have missed Pokemon. But I know, I know that I can't buy those games and get this experience from them. No, that's it. They, They did a good thing to release that before this. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if they relief that after, people ne- wouldn't necessarily want to go back to that style of gameplay, unless they love it and they, they're not a fan of this uh, reworking of it, which I, uh, would surprise me, because it's I done know very well. I good, know good friends of ours, for example, friend of the podcast, Cody, mm. not a fan of the controls of this. He doesn't, okay. like, from early impressions, he wasn't really that blown away by this game. He wanted a, a traditional Pokemon game, and I I'm happy that it isn't that, but I'm not sure mm. he was. And obviously, this mm. is just conjecture on my part. Sorry, Cody, if this is wrong. But I I have seen that opinion shared by people online. I've seen people who are like, this isn't, no, this isn't a Pokemon game. And I love that Game Freak now have a way to go a bit nuts, to do something a bit different that isn't attached yeah. to like almost, what, 25 years at this point of... Well, that- Baggage. I'd be, ha- I'd be happy to see them take the mechanics introduced in this game and make a more traditional Pokemon game with these mechanics, going to gyms and such. Whether yeah. or not the the two game formats could work together, or this type of gameplay so tied to the kind of game that uh, Pokemon Legends is, I, I'm not I'm not sure yet. But uh, it would be really fun to play a traditional gym based Pokemon game with these sort of mechanics. Think... It's totally doable. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm at a point now where, when I'm wandering around the world, every now and again, I will get a random encounter with a person who mm. will try and fight me. And it's generally quite easy because I'm ridiculously over leveled. Like my Pokemon are in their seventies, mm. and I'm, I just pretty much when I run into that person, I'm like, okay, cool, you've got two Pokemon. Strong attack, flamethrower. Goodbye. Yeah. When you said your Pokemon are in, in their 70s, it made me think of a load of old Pokemon with like, oh, like I mean, beards. Or to be fair, the Tom, frames. like I said, <laughs> what is it? Typhlosion, that's Gen 2. Gyarados, that's Gen yeah. 1. Alakazam, that's Gen 1. Mm. Not, they are I'm not, old. I'm not down um, with the kids. Classics. I've seen um, Pokemon I've become more attached to because of Pokemon Go, things like Gumi and there's Gibbles. And I'm like, I could have a Garachomp. But I don't really need one. <laughs> <laughs> Were you happy with what you got? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more, I mean, to talk about in the game. Uh, I was quite surprised that you time travel. You're, you're an outsider in this world, haven't you? You've, yeah. You're someone from, I guess, the normal Pokemon timeline who's been thrust back in time to this time before a Pokedex uh, into this world, which isn't very uh, developed, is it? You know, it's no. very old world. And uh, that that's that's fresh. Now, my major concerns going into this game was I thought it looked a bit bland. And yeah. I, actually, I was quite surprised how bright it actually is. It looked really washed out in the videos I saw leading up into this. But actually, when I started playing the game, it's, it's quite colourful. More colourful yeah. than I've imagined. I still feel like perhaps it's because it's, it's an, a wilderness world, you know. Yeah. There's not a lot of civilization around. It's lacking maybe some interesting sights to see yes perhaps in, in, in its in its open world if if it had more variety i think it would be you know a step above where it's at already yeah no 100 percent mm. right so let, let's get into the the critique bit mm. of it i do definitely agree with you i think as an open world there is not really a lot going on outside of finding pokemon yes occasionally you will run into someone who can give you a quest. There will be, at later points in the game, there are spiritum wisps of like things that are essentially this game's version of the Korok seeds that you need to go and find by traversing mm. the landscape. There's even later in the game, and I, I say this, this isn't a spoiler as such, you will encounter unknowns that are hidden around the the landscapes and in weird places and so you have an unknown pokedex where you're trying to catch all the 28 unknowns okay and that's quite fun i haven't finished it yet and it's one of those things that i'm just tying up my spiritum wisps because i want a spiritum and mm. also i'm then going to go back and do the unknowns i've almost done all of the side quests in this game as well which is very rare for me i didn't even do that in breath of the wild I didn't go into this level of depth with it. And I I think that while there is stuff to do, you very rarely have, you know, like with Zelda where you would go over a ridge and you'd be like, oh my God, there's a castle there. What the hell is in that castle? I'm going to go explore that castle. Yeah. I bet there's some cool shit there. You very rarely get that in Pokemon. And also like you very, I haven't, I can't, there must have been some, but I can't think of any moments where the Pokemon interact with each other. There's a, there's one or two I've seen. There's a, a moment where in the second area, there's an Onyx that's fighting a skunk tank. Hmm. And I was like, I want more of that. I want more interaction between these things as if they were wild animals. I want to see, like, a, I don't know a snow runt, like, digging in the snow, or I want sure. to run around and see, like, an apom accidentally set the grass on fire or something like things like you might you know? see in Pokemon Snap. Like, yeah, yeah the, exactly. The Pokemon doing things, not just sort of bobbing around. I guess they do sort of get angry and chase you, but that's not quite the same thing. No, like, they definitely attack you, but that that's hmm. not... That's not this thing of this world feeling like a big world. Yeah, yeah. It feels can more you... like Monster Hunter. Mm. Can you ever go into caves? Yes, you can, but 
they're not really dungeons like in the previous games. They they feel very basic. Because I think that would make you feel like you want to explore the world. You find something interesting like a cave. You know, oh, what's in this cave? I'm going to go and check out the cave, see where that leads to. You know? Yes, you can, but they honestly, they are very small areas. Hmm. I still don't think, as has been proven by the 2D Pokemon games of old when they switched to 3D, I don't think Game Freak is used to making a big, expansive no, 3D no, no, world. No. And so, you know, much like an old Pokemon game where you could go into a cave and it would literally just be a two-screen cave. You yeah. get that, but now in 3D. You know what? I find it endearing that Game Freak don't overdo it, you know? No. They I have think. been so... What would you, what would you say? Progressively developing upon their Pokemon games. Maybe you would say there's a period where it's been. This is obviously the biggest progression, in, but uh, they they don't try and overdo it because if they tried to do all these things we're talking about, it might not have turned out as well as it has because of their lack of experience making games like that. Yeah. So the fact they've concentrated on the systems and a new style of play. Uh, I think has been in the benefit of this game. And now, you know, if they were to do a sequel to this game, which they more than likely will, I would hope to see them develop on what they've done and include some of the things, you know, that you've been talking about there and uh, make the world itself more alive, more interesting than it is at present. 100%. I would also, I think this is the biggest miss of this entire game. Like, honestly, I can't see it staying this way. I'm sure they must be thinking about implementing this is that there are no battles. I cannot fight you. I cannot take a Pokemon squad to Tom Parry and go, cool, you and I are going to have a Pokemon battle. I was going to ask that, yeah. Can you not battle with your friends? No. No, it just isn't a feature of this game. You can trade with your friends over Mm. the internet like you have been able to do in the previous ones and locally, but there is no battles. Honestly, I have to think, Tom, looking at where, like, on your Pokedex screen, you see the areas... It looks to me like there is clearly a space for a sixth location. There are currently five that I've been through in my time playing. Oh, the well, there's going to be an expansion pass. Yeah, and I'm assuming it, as part of that, we will not only get another area potentially with more Pokemon, but I'm hoping they introduce battles because I honestly, I think this system and how this system works is so interesting that I kind of want to play competitive, competitive play. Pokemon, yeah. 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 It, it does also, they allow you to increase the IVs of your Pokemon in this game quite easily. Mm-hmm. Like, there are items you get by... Oh, we should also mention, the Pokedex has slightly changed in this game, and I, I think that's for better or worse. I oh, in terms of to actually get a Pokemon registered in there, you don't just have to capture it, you have to do several other things. Yes, to, like there's like yeah. a checklist of, for example, I caught a Tonidus and I had to use, I had to see it perform agile moves a certain amount of times, I had to use a particular move a certain amount of times as well. And then, only then, once those criteria were met, was I register the Pokemon. I guess because it would be too easy just to throw a ball at them. And yeah, 100%. Them. Like, yeah. honestly, um, there have been... You know the big alpha Pokemon that are walking yeah. around? There's there's big, scary versions of every Pokemon. They're higher level, yeah, they're yeah. big, they've got red eyes, yeah. You might have seen the video on Twitter of the Snorlax the big, crazy-looking Snorlax that I believe yeah. was also in the trailers. Yeah, someone got someone climbed up a cliff and the Snorlax kind of, like, did a Goku fly into the sky. <laughs> oh, right. It's amazing. But anyway, like, there are these beasts around. But some of them 
Um, for example, Garachomp, who I previously mentioned, I just kind of was like, crouched down. I was like, I wonder if I can throw an Ultra Ball at this level 70 Pokemon. Oh, look at that. I caught it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the throwing is actually also a huge thing we've not talked about because you have to be able to sort of judge uh, yes. the level. Um, and actually throwing Pokeballs has always been such a huge part of Pokemon, but it's never been a gameplay element no. of the game and now it is now you've got to think about the trajectory of that ball and if it's gonna is the distance okay can i it's like say example worms throw a um a grenade uh, sorry yeah yeah uh, a, a grenade. grenade in worms yeah. you've got to think about how where that's going to land and how high you're going to throw it angry birds for instance yeah, yeah. I, I like that um addition there's physics the involved yeah. and i mean there's also when you start getting further in, you have um, feather balls, which can be thrown for bird Pokemon, because there's mm. some Pokemon that are literally flying yes, in the sky. Yes, got some feather balls. And so. you need less of a lead on the ball and less of an arc. Yeah. There's also the heavy balls, which yeah. are better for catching Pokemon if you can catch them from behind as a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But the range is a lot more limited. Like They play with it in really interesting they ways. They reward you for catching them without... the them seeing you or getting them from behind yes. you know and things and those are also things that will um help you get that pokemon in your pokedex yeah. usually one of the tasks you need to complete in order to fully register yes. the pokemon pro tip uh, by the way if you look mm-hmm. at those pokemon things you will sometimes get areas of that list so for example gibble could have um catch a certain amount of these pokemon it go up to 25 mm-hmm. if that if that check mark has a little red plus sign next to it mm. those are the ones you should focus on because those generate that level yeah because i do find that a little confusing how yes. to actually get it registered because there are so many tasks and some seem to be more helpful than others in terms yeah. of actually getting it registered it's not immediately clear um yeah no. which ones are more so, important. for example, I caught, I think, like 25 weasels, and I still had it at level 7. And I was like, I've caught 25 of these things. How does this work? And then I realized, oh, actually, had I just fought like six weasels and defeated them, I would have leveled this a lot faster. And so it's mm. it's looking at it and going, what are these things am I willing to do? For example, like Lickitung is, look at it, use rollout and it's like, oh, I need to fight it enough so it uses rollout. Sometimes things just happen, don't they? Like yeah. if you're just naturally playing the game and you use a move so many times, then that will contribute towards you know yeah. getting it registered. So some yeah. things you don't necessarily have to seek out; they just happen, which yes. is which is quite good. But I love the flow of the game. I love the fact nothing really stops. No, you know when you think you're going to go into like a turn-based battle, you still can move your character around. Yeah. It's all. Really, the flow of the game is really good. Pokemon used to be a game where it's so stoppy and starty. Yeah. You know, but now everything just moves smoothly. I would yeah. say there's quite a lot of chat in the game, especially at the beginning. I don't I, know if that gets any. It, uh, it gets better. Less. It, uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the, but I'm okay with that because you're establishing a world. You know, there's got to be a reason for what's going on, there's got to be a degree of dialogue in the game. Yeah. 
And I like the little tasks as you go around the town. People give you, as you said before, side quests. They're also, they add quite a lot to, to the game. I like how the, um, of course, it's not a technologically advanced civilization, so you don't keep Pokemon in computers anymore. You do them in the no. more, much more um, reasonable way of keeping them in the in the pen, you know, rather yeah. than, you know. Because <laughs> I always thought the idea of... of Pokemon being in the computer to be uh, quite, quite strange. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it reminds me a lot of the like the breeders area in Gold and Silver, where you would see like two of your Pokemon, and then occasionally you'd go there and get eggs. Yeah, it's actually a lot like Pokemon Ranch if you ever played that on the. No, uh... I never did. Yeah, so that was a game that was available on the Wii, where you yeah. could put your Pokemon you've caught into it, see them in three D, and interact with them. Um, so it's it's like Pokemon Ranch, but transplanted into. Yeah, this game. It, yeah. it is very weird, though. Like walking around the the area they just put random pokemon there like mm. just walking through and it's just like a snorlax and a giratina just chilling out in this farm i was like what yeah yeah um but yeah if you can't tell me me and matt obviously quite like this game <laughs> hey man i've played 40 something hours of it and like yeah. that is the longest i've given any game in a long long time admittedly like i said i was boxed up in a spare room with very little else to do bar mm. that bar playing that and watch one piece but mm. yeah i i really i really like it i think if you were on the fence about oh is this going to be something for me you've just listened to us talk for almost 40 minutes about this game there's this... so much to say about it is yeah yeah it's testament to yeah um how interesting it is as a pokemon game because you know you could argue that pokemon games haven't been as interesting in a long while no i the last time i was disengaged by pokemon game was x and y and that's on the 3ds and even that didn't really do that much new well i think sun and moon added a lot new and sun and moon for me was quite uh was a bit of a revelation in terms of a pokemon game uh but i didn't think that sword and shield really took it to the next level um, no no it didn't quite do it why, for me. that's why i didn't buy it because you were yeah. so underwhelmed by it and so many other people i knew at the time were so underwhelmed by it that i was like i'm not gonna get it and, and then... yet yeah and yet people do regard it very highly i saw recently i think it's on kotaku like a top 10 pokemon games and the, the the person writing the article had put that near the top you know and well it's you know it's an accomplished game it's it's, I wouldn't say it's a must-play Pokemon game by any means. Oh, but Tom, the Mega Revolutions. Oh. Mega Revolutions, nah, nah, I don't really care for those big field areas. That no. really didn't... That was like, oh, look, open-world Pokemon. It's not, is it? It's no. Just, this is open-world Pokemon. It's, yeah, this is this is the game you're waiting for. Great, yeah, so it's well worth picking up, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I think... I hope that the next game that they do in this Pokemon Legends series is more akin to Breath of the Wild. I hope they manage to solve this idea of big 3D area. Let's make this a sandbox of possibilities. But honestly, Mm. it's still a really good game. It's probably the best Pokemon game I've played for a very long time. If you you like the idea of Breath of the Wild meets Pokemon, you are not going to be disappointed Uh, with this game. uh, Music's good as well. Oh, music's incredible! Like music's yeah. very atmospheric. Yeah, it's it, quite, it's quite, quite a nice, uh, chilled theme to the the town area. Yeah, don't get me wrong though. Cool. That first, like when you wash up on the beach at the start of the game, I was like, oh, those trees look a bit rough. 
And oh, graphically. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people complain about the graphics of this it's game. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It, yeah. Honestly, it's still immersive. Admittedly, I've not in the it, same the way. The game I did looks with reasonably of the Wild. simplistic and stylized. It's not a. I wouldn't say it's a beautiful game, uh, but it's it's a gameplay. Really, yeah, exactly. That's, that's where we're at with this. You know, it's a it's it's a good looking game, not an amazing looking game. Simplistic graphics, but. Nice enough, you know. There's some nice little effects going on there. I think uh, I don't think it's an ugly game at all. I think it's quite a nice looking game, but simple. Yeah, it, there's not been many. There's been moments where I've crept over a ridge and seen a flying Gyarados, for example, and gone, mm. "Wow! Yeah, I wish this game looked nicer that I could take a picture of this." <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Also, I've played the game a lot in handheld mode. I don't know if you have. But sometimes, no, no, I've played it all on the telly, yeah. Sometimes when you look at Pokemon in the distance on handheld mode, they're moving at like three frames a second. Okay. That's, that's a little bit upsetting, but it's fine. It doesn't get in the way of it. Fair enough. Well, the likelihood is if they will release another one in the lifespan of the Switch, if anything, if what Nintendo's saying about the yeah. Switch being mid-life cycle is true, we will see probably another one of these on the Switch. Let's see how they uh, improve the, the, the graphics, but... Yeah, it's going to be a while till we see anything on the level of PS5 or Xbox uh, series. Hey man, I honestly <laughs> like. I, I saw a lot of people point this out on Twitter as well. Like, I will take Breath of the Wild graphics, man. Breath of the Wild's a good-looking game. Well, that yeah, Breath of the Wild does prove what you can do on the Switch. Yeah, and what you can do on the Wii U as well. To be yeah, to be, yeah, exactly. Like that wasn't even a Switch game. <laughs> Yeah, there are some great-looking um, Switch games, and this wouldn't be in your top ten best-looking Switch games, but it'd best no. be in your top ten Pokemon games, oh, quite I'm near to- the top. Definitely my top five. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, top five. I'd pro- probably top three, if I'm totally honest with myself. Yeah, yeah, I might. You know, I've not played as much as you, but it's it's going that way in terms of offering something different. Um, it really is a very good game. Yeah, agreed. We've we've talked forty five forty five minutes about one game. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's just as well because I haven't played anything else. I know you have, Tom Parry. Tell us about the gunk. Yeah, but actually, I've got one to say before we move on. It's actually been great to discuss a game we've both played rather than just talk. I mean, now I'm going to talk about a game you haven't played, but um, maybe you'd like to play this game after I've chatted about it. Um, the gunk is a third person explorative action game yes. I suppose with puzzle platform elements right um the story is uh you're a two person crew you've landed on this planet to collect resources you know to sell to make yeah. things you know you you're running some sort of it seems like you're running some sort of business but there's a lot of like history going on occasionally because there's a lot of dialogue between the two characters you play I can't remember. Arani, I think her name is. You play as uh, one character and you're often talking to um, your companion who is based at your base camp with the ship that you've arrived on the planet with. And yeah. it's, a, it's a sort of Firewatch type relationship that's established throughout the game. Did I say fa- Fire? What did I Firewatch. say? Firewatch. That is a game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's it a is. sort of, it's that sort of conversational dialogue where it's not only revealing stuff about the game and what's happening in the game, but it's revealing the background of the two characters and their right. relationship as well, which is, which does add a lot of depth to the game. Okay. 
Um, so the basic gameplay mechanics revolve around your arm. You've, you've lost your arm. This is an example of what's happened in your past. Somehow you lost your arm in some sort of adventure, and it's been replaced with this thing that the main character affectionately calls Pumpkin, which is a mechanical arm which can suck things, basically. Uh, like like the vacuum cleaner in Luigi's Loose Mansion. Mansion. I was about to say exactly mm. the same thing. So not long into the adventure, after, literally what you're doing is you're scanning things like Metroid Prime. There's like strange plants or rocks and you scan them. It tells you what they are and if they're a resource. And then what you do is you suck them up with your um, arm, collect the um, elements and later you can return to your base camp and the ship and you can um, get upgrades. Okay. So there's a crafting. Of course, there's a crafting. Element I was going to say, how do you the make game. them pokeballs? So the up, <laughs> the upgrades obviously change the gameplay. You know, they develop the gameplay. They introduce like a laser, so you can do um, hit switches. You know, the, so the gameplay changes based on the items you can craft. Right. Yeah. So you go from area to area. Now, now the gunk. This is the the big thing we haven't talked about yet. The gunk is this strange, dark, sort of blobby thing which seems to be sucking the life out of the world. Okay. And as you clean up the gunk, you bring life back to the world. And often you'll reveal things which can progress you to the next area by, gotcha. by clearing out the, the gunk. And so as you um, adventure, you find out there's an ancient civilization on this planet. And you're trying to sort of piece together the mystery of uh, what's happened to the people of this planet, why the gunk is here, what is the gunk bad, What what what's created the gunk, you find, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the the um, the visuals are beautiful, it, it looks like a painting, Okay. and um, the environments, you know, if you compare this to Pokemon, I mean, I wish Pokemon huh. looked as, the environments Pokemon looks as beautiful as the environments in the gunk, because they're, they're really, there's a lot of detail in them, it looks very painterly, and, uh, it's lovely. Um, it also controls very tight. Um, camera's perfect. Controls are tight. It's uh, a really good example of this kind of game. Yeah. Um, and it's explorative. There's not like um, markers to show you where to go. A lot of the puzzles are about looking around your environment and, oh, look, there's a switch there. Okay, so that's going to open the door. It's not always immediately obvious that... The switch is going to be on the door right in front of you. You have to kind of explore. And there's a great mechanic to do with these blobs which you suck in. You hold on your um, metal arm. Right. And then you you um, go to another place, deposit the thing, and that will open up another area. Like it might gotcha. grow a plant, which will enable you to get higher up in the area. It's relatively simple mechanics that we've seen in other games, but implemented really well. Um you might have to throw it to get it to where you want it to go as well. Right. Um, and th- you've got bombs as well where they'll, they'll like Zelda, it's got a Zelda mechanic, yeah. obviously. So you pick up a bomb, it's going to go off. You have to lob it to the area you need it to explode before it explodes on you, things like this. Um, I'd say it's a really good game. I mean, apparently it's not very long. You can complete it in about four and a half hours, I've heard. I've probably played about three hours so okay. far i don't feel like i'm anywhere near the end really i could be i don't feel like i am though um if you do everything in the game it probably take about six hours to complete i think gotcha. and and this kind of length of game really appeals to me i think you know 
it doesn't outstate. It's not going to outstate its welcome, I don't think. No. The gameplay has progressed and got more interesting as it's gone on. It doesn't remain stagnant because as you uh, get upgrades for your arm, it does change up what you can do in the game. And it manages to keep it interesting. There's also the mystery element as well to the story, which does yeah. make you want to you know, find out what's going on. Do you think this is going to be the rare example of a game that you actually want more of at the end by the time you finish it? Um, quite possibly. Or maybe it's enough. Maybe that's enough. Maybe maybe that's it. Do you think if the, the story were to wrap up that you would will get that satisfying conclusion from it? Or would you want, yeah. do you think... I mean, we could talk about this next week, hopefully. It's hard to say, it, but, but I, I think I'd be fairly happy with this game because as fun as it is i don't think you could stretch it to like 20 hours for well, example yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah uh so i think it's actually very well considered its length you okay. know we'll see obviously i'll play it more and, and hopefully finish it uh but it's got a lot of charm i think the music also is is ambient um quite relaxing music right which does give it a nice feel to play. It doesn't feel like a stressful experience. It's a reasonably slow game. Occasionally there are enemies. Um, sometimes when you're sucking up the gunk, these little aliens will pop out. And uh, they're not a major threat, but you might have to suck them up and throw them to kill them with, gotcha. you, with your arm. So, But yeah, it's, it's quite a sedate, um, relaxing experience, which is really beautiful to, uh, to look at as well. I wish it wasn't exclusive to Xbox. I would really like to It's play on it. PC as well, but I know you don't really have the means to I don't play it on PC either. I think you would enjoy it. I think there's a lot to appreciate in the gunk. And yeah, as you say, it's a shame it's only on Xbox platforms because uh, this game, I think, deserves a, a wider audience. Let's see. I mean, Cuphead eventually came to Switch and a few other consoles, so hopefully the gunk will be one of those mm. things one day. But yeah, also, it'd be interesting to see it run on Switch. But, um... Well, I mean, it's not going to come to Switch, is it? Let's be honest. It, it might do. They might be able to downgrade it enough. Um, but there are some nice like lighting effects, and there's a lot yeah. to the, the graphics. I'm Well, if it's only four hours, maybe I can see if someone I know who has a PC will let me play a little bit of it and see what it's like. Yeah, well, it is available on uh, Game Pass. So if you were to get a Game Pass trial, you could even play it. Is it series? Is it only Series S and X? Was on Xbox One? I would assume That's it's the... probably also on Xbox One. But like a lot of the reports I've heard, Tom, are that are hey, you can play this game on an Xbox One. Generally you wouldn't want aren't, to. No, generally aren't great for a lot of these games. Because so. I feel it's a game that could run fine on the last gen. Yeah. Um, maybe it's got a few you like, but what is it? A little bit Spe- of ray tracing that shouldn't be HDR there. or whatever. Um, it it is playable on Xbox One, so you do have the means to uh, play it, Matt. It is a pretty pricey game, though, outside of Game Pass, from what I remember, right? It's like is twenty it? odd quid, I think. Okay, yeah. Was it worth twenty odd quid? I don't know because it's a relatively short game, but you know, I've paid more for less. Yeah, I'll give it a look. I think it's a, a good experience. Anyway, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how good the gunk is. So don't overlook it. It's, yeah, uh, definitely it's worth a- playing. It's okay. So hopefully a game that also isn't gunk. Need mm. for Speed Heat. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to bring that up or not, because I know it's not your preferred genre. No. Um, Need for Speed Heat is 
what you want from a Need for Speed game because street racing, isn't it? It's ever since uh, they introduced Underground, the street racing uh, element of Need for Speed has been, you know, people people like that kind of game. You know, you, you do races, you get money, you upgrade your car, you can aesthetically make it look like a proper boy racer car, um, which I think is it's great that there are still games like that being made because I quite enjoy that element of car customization and upgrading. And also... Need for Speed, it's about interacting with characters in the game. Yeah. You know, you'll meet people who uh, are characters and uh, there'll be this cool street thing going on so everyone's like super cool. And I can see how that could be annoying. But I don't think there's um, much else like it outside of the Need for Speed series now. Yeah, I mean... Until they sort of killed Need for Speed, it was the only game really doing that, I think. Yeah, I was going to say... Maybe the crew, there was the crew and the crew too. But that was a little different, I think. I mean, Midnight Club is the only game that Midnight I can really Club. remember in that vein, other than Need for Speed. Yeah, I haven't played the original The Crew, but I think that would be probably more like Need for Speed, because The Crew 2 is, you know, there's airplanes and boats yeah, and, yeah, you know, it, stuff. yeah, it's it's a good open world game. Though. Um, this is in an open world. It's actually the gameplay um, is a lot like uh, Forza horizon in, in yeah. many respects or if you played any other open world need for speed games you know what i mean there's a garage that you go to every right. so often there's a physical place on is it on the map you can just fast track there but um that's you know that's like most need for speed games uh but yeah it's a world and they, they have this online element in like forza so if you want to play it online you can other i guess other races are racing around they can challenge you uh, it's fairly fairly standard, I suppose, in terms of uh, its design. Uh, but yeah, it's a really quite a good-looking game. The city does feel a little empty, perhaps, but it you know it looks good. Uh, it's really really playable. I like the way it handles as well. I like I, it's got a very sort of like street soundtrack, but I tend to turn the music off and use Spotify. For example, yeah. this uh, it's a good soundtrack. I mean, I've got to be into that kind of music, I suppose. It's I, I can appreciate it, but I did prefer playing with Spotify and Simply Red. <laughs> As I was listening to the uh, Life album, you know, it's got like Sunrise on it, I think, and uh, Fairground, you know, that sort yeah. of... I don't know, that music seemed to really complement the uh, the game. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a really good game, and I feel it, it got a little overlooked, perhaps. It was got... I think it got mediocre reviews, Um it kind of does the same thing as a lot of other Need for Speed games do, but I think it does it well, and it's a satisfying racing game with yeah. some great customization options. Also, there's cops. Occasionally, cops will chase you. It's a Need for Speed game. Yeah. Uh, then you have to get rid of the cops, like Driver or, yeah. you know, uh, which is good to have that in there. I think it adds a bit more variety into it. You can also choose if you want to race and day and night this is actually where it differentiates itself a bit from other games in the day you earn money yeah. at night you earn respect oh. in order to get certain items to upgrade your car you've got to have enough respect it doesn't matter how much money you've got you've got yeah. to have the respect 
Well, you've got to give a little respect, Tom. Yeah. There's even a song about that. So, yes, you, you could listen to Erasure while you play it as well. You know, it's you up could. to you. I, I mean, I was more thinking Aretha, but okay. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I was... <laughs> it's fine. It, it clearly shows the musical tastes of the people who were recording this podcast. It's all good. Um, or so or I... Wheatus, perhaps, if you oh, like that cover version. Oh, God. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Wheatus. Um, anyway... I I had forgotten that this game existed because I oh, right. had only really heard this game mentioned in the news that in whenever this game came out, like 2019, 18, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that Criterion would be taking over the yeah. Need for Speed franchise again. From Ghost. It was Ghost's last game. I think they did Need for Speed Rivals. They did Need for Speed Pro Street. Need for Speed Heat. It's probably more. Oh, they did that actual that Need for Speed. It was just called Need for Speed with the FMV in. Oh, I will that, say, yeah. I I like FMV in it. I actually rather like that FMV Need for Speed reboot game. It's yeah. the same sort of game basically, but with I prefer the full motion video yeah. to the in game character. So I, I'm just looking at Criterion's things because I wasn't sure if this game had been announced yet, but it. it Criterion's wiki page just lists it as untitled Need for Speed game. They, yeah, they, how would actually, they make it different? They did do know. Need for Speed. Uh, Criterion did Need for Speed Rivals as well, from those things. Oh, they, like, I think they worked with Ghost on that. I think that was like Ghost's first project, and they worked in collaboration with. Okay, fair enough. Um, Criterion, I think. I think it is classified as a Ghost game, though. Because the last Need for Speed game I played, and as you know, I'm not a big racing fan, no. is. Obviously, Need for Speed Most Wanted, which is Criterion, which I quite enjoyed, even though I'm I, terrible I, at racing games. I thought, oh yeah, that Most Wanted, yeah, that's a good yes, game. Yeah, it's actually, one. it's 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 basically Burnout Paradise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that is. The first one was Black Box, I think, did all the old Need for Speed games from the PS2 yeah. generation. Mm-hmm. Not obviously not before, but from PS2, I think it was Black Box who did that because that. Um, Old Need for Speed Most Wanted is the same formula. I think that's where it was. Uh, that was of... like launch Xbox 360 yeah, title, because right? That's where it became an open world game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just remember the cops were trying to I'm stop wrong. me racing, man. That was that was the only thing, and I was like, I'm not very good at this game. I'm not going to play. And that it. had that had FMV in it, but it had a weird like filter over it. So it yeah, wasn't quite, it all looked yeah. weirdly cel shaded, from what I remember. Yeah, right? if I you know, it's been a long time since I played that game, but. Yeah, I yeah I happen to like those Need for Speed games. I've never played. Um, oh shucks, I can't think of what it's called now. Oh, that one I mentioned it a moment ago. Payback. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Payback, but I do own it, and I have downloaded it on my PS Five. So I'm going to try Payback uh, at some point. Do it. I just, yeah. L- I like to. Know. I like late racing games. I like to try them. <laughs> I never, I never would have guessed. But it, so I, I take it you are excited for this Criterion game then. I don't know necessarily if I need it. If it's going to be like Burnout Paradise again, I don't know. Let's see if 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 it interjects the character of Need for Speed like yeah. Heat does, and it combined with Criterion, who are excellent to making racing games. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be good. I would say there's something about the way the Ghost Need for Speed games handle, which is different. To, to most other games and initially it's a little off-putting because it doesn't necessarily feel as good right. but as you play them you it's kind of 
really start to appreciate the way those games handle because they're quite unique. They're arcadey. In fact, there's it's very easy to power slide in um, the drift, shall I say, yeah. in in this new speed heat, which actually is really good. Yeah. So anyway. But I, I mean, <laughs> for me at least, from the outside looking in. Do you do you not think that it could be cool to have another Burnout Paradise like in a post Forza Horizon world where you know they can I... kind of take the good things about that that it, from the outside at least me looking and it built on Need for Speed on um, Burnout sorry and then yeah. have that weaved back through. It would be in a city again like Most Wanted or like New Speed Heat because yeah. obviously Horizon is about wilderness. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the Need Speed games are always about the, you know, the, the street racing. Well, most yeah. of the time, actually, if you think Need Speed 1, there are a fair amount of courses um, in the countryside on that. I, I was going to say, I seem to remember you racing in when I when I looked at you playing Most Wanted through like weird like fields and stuff with cops chasing you. Uh, it, the, it got... the, oh, like um, Need for Speed. There's so many games. Hot Pursuit. Yes, that's, that's the one. Like, Hot and even uh, The Run. You know, that's there's desert yeah. areas, rocky areas. But um I think to transplant the horizon formula to a city is what where what can make Need for Speed stand out from Horizon and also introduce the modding uh, the there is modding in um the Forza Horizon, but the kind of street yeah. identity. I think that's what Need for Speed is now. Not necessarily what it's always been, because yeah. it didn't quite start off like that, but it, it since underground to me, that's what Need for Speed is nowadays. Fair enough. Okay. Oh gosh, yes. Um, I would want. I do want to talk about One Piece Grand Cruise. If you've got a Tom, if one, you have the time. One Piece is the 2022 <laughs> equivalent of Shenmue and Yakuza. See, I have to slip them in still, but like yeah. this is clearly what we talk about a lot. Go on, I can. I find... know it's been a lot of me talking, so apologies. Uh, it's, not, it, it's all right. <laughs> But um, One Piece Grand Cruise is a VR One Piece game. Okay. It's usually £8. It was on offer for half price, £4. And I'll tell you what, I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, it's Luffy. Hi, Luffy. And he was like, he's talking to me. And I was like, because these characters are so endearing, it does a very good job of really making you feel like you're in the One Piece world. Yeah. And in a way that it was, I, felt, I did feel like a child. It was... Um, I would say for those who uh, appreciate uh, uh, Nami's character design, will enjoy the uh, oh, okay. sort of yeah. intimate nature of spending time with Nami in her room. There's a which surprise. It feels yeah. a little bit sort of adult in a way because she's obviously in a bikini right in your face. Yeah. And so it does feel a little bit like, oh, <laughs> what kind of game is this? <laughs> Yeah. For a moment, uh, but it doesn't sort of, you know, focus too much on that. It's got those undertones <laughs> that are clearly present in One Piece. Yes, but it, it, it really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you turn your head and focus on something for a long time, they go, "What are you looking at?" You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, the gameplay is not a lot of gameplay, but there, there's two major gameplay things. Um, and before you do that, you can either choose to visit Sanji in the, you know, uh, the, what do you call it on a boat where they do the cooking? The galley. The galley, yeah. Or you can choose to visit Nami. So you can choose one or the other. 
Um, and then you do the main mission, which uh, the marine Marines are um, uh, sailing by you and they're firing stuff at you. And you have to use the um, DualShock 4 controller to sort of aim at the cannonballs they're firing oof, and fire back at them to explode yeah. them. And I knocked the mic then, sorry about that. It's okay, I, was the, I just imagined it was the sound of a cannonball. Yes. Yeah, so it's a simple sort of like, it reminds me of a, like an eye toy game or something. And then the other one's a crack and attacks the ship and you have to shoot at it. Okay. And then you'll have an instance where a character, which I haven't seen in One Piece yet, with the fur, the, wearing pink sunglasses, big furry um, coat. Yeah. He attacks you and you're actually in the battle with Luffy, which, you know, it feels very immersive. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you look around you and you see characters just standing around you and then they acknowledge you. And it's it really is a really cool experience. I would yeah, say. It, it's really odd, man. Like I, <laughs> how captivating One Piece is. Like I, my my wife was watching like a medical drama and she's like, God, she said this show is just written to like drain the tears out of you. I said, yeah, don't worry. I feel the same way about a, a show with cartoon pirates. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Chopper coming up to you I mean I've not even met Chopper in the yeah. anime yet but he comes up to you he's right there you know and he's very cute he's staring up at you yeah and it's like you do feel you're in there okay and you feel like you want to like hold the hand or something I don't know shake the hand because there's a bit at the end where they all say goodbye to you and oh. there I am waving like an idiot going bye <laughs> see you Luffy you know so um there you go for for four pounds. What a, what a life changing experience! <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> I really got to be part of the the straw hat pirate crew. It was, uh, yeah, hey, well man. worth the money. So it goes. <laughs> I might do. I might do that. I'm oh, almost up it, to yeah. date. I'm almost there. I'm almost at the point where I can say, "Cool, I'm actually watching One Piece on a week to week basis." Yeah. And I can, I'm finally at a point where I can play World Seeker because I finally know yeah. all of the characters that are in that. Okay. Great. Yeah. And I will. The more I'll One Piece games you can play, the better. Um, I recently picked up the uh, European version of Grand Battle 1 for the PS1. Ooh. I nice. didn't realize it had a European release. And I was like, hey, I'm the guy who collects PS1 fighting games and I don't have One well, Piece Grand Battle. I don't have Battle. the One Piece Grand Battle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, specifically PAL fighting games. So, I got that. It's German, but it's got English um, dialogue and text. Well, actually, okay. the dialogue is in Japanese, isn't it? Just text. Yeah, I assume so. In English, yeah. I also mistakenly bought the German version of Round the Land, which I have the Japanese version. I was hoping I could uh, get English language. I get German, Spanish, and Italian. Yeah, man. Like, European games sometimes are awful yeah. for that. Yeah. But, yeah, interestingly, Grand Battle was in English, so... Hey, don't... I assume it probably got an American release, would be my guess there. They were like, okay, let's just put this on. I don't know if Grand Battle 1 got an American... PS1 release. Okay. Uh, I to could be, be fair, wrong. I haven't seen it when I've looked on eBay recently. Um, of course, it, the other One Piece game, obviously there's a few more that got PAL releases. Uh, oh, gosh. Grand Battle 3, which was just called Grand Battle, also got a uh, European release. I picked that up when I was living in Denmark, and that's in English, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you might be right, actually. I can't see an American copy of Grand Battle on the PS1. Yeah. Of course, Grand Battle 1 is the worst one, but yeah, anyway, I, I have it now. You need to have it, Tom. <laughs> you need to have it. I think pretty much I've got everything now right. uh, that I'd want that, that, you know, is accessible. I said this before, didn't I? It's like the Japanese language adventure games I haven't uh, gone after, but the action games are all very much playable, even without knowledge of the language I have, I think. I... Of course, recently you've had loads of you know uh, localized One Piece games. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm so excited to play World Seeker because I want to play like an action or slash RPG game within that world. I know there's a 3DS RPG, but I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to play it on a 3DS if it ever came out on the Switch. Well, there's, there's obviously there's um, Unlimited Cruise Red. Yeah, that's true. 3D action game uh, available on the Switch on the PS4. Yeah, but not a Musha And game. the 3DS and the uh, I've got it Wii on U. the 3DS. I just don't want to play it as a Musha game. I just want to... It's, one it's like not a... really that kind of game. The, okay. that, the, pi- the Pirate Warriors games are the, the, the Musha games. Yeah. The, the others are adventure games. Even the ones on the Wii, like the Unlimited Cruise 1 2, they're also 3D adventure games. They have, uh, you know, a lot of focus on fighting. Yeah, of course. Um, but also adventure games, yeah. I'll see if I've got red on the Wii U. I might have. I bought a lot of I Wii think you get a lot out of that. That is an adventure, third person action adventure game. Yeah. I'll I'll have a look. I'm definitely gonna play World Seeker once well, I wrap Seeker, up Pokemon. Yeah. I played the beginning of World Seeker. It's um quite an um, attractive looking game. It's got sort of stealth elements to the gameplay as well. Okay. Um Yeah, it's 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 good. But oh. I haven't played enough of it to give proper critique. I'll give, critique. A, I'll give it a lucky. I'll also talk next week a bit more about Metroid Dreads because I know this podcast is running on. I played a bit more. It's a hard game. I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll You've get played about five week. hours? I think so, yeah. Because I saw on your... Because uh, I checked out your... You wanted to see how long I've been playing Pokemon, didn't you? Well, I, I, no, yeah, I, but it doesn't tell you. It said first played eight days ago. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's reached the point yet where it's going to tell you how long. Yeah. I don't know. Well, fortunately um, for you, Tom, I can tell you, 47 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, right, cool. Let's wrap well, this up. I hey, got... Matt, before we next podcast, yeah, you've got Crunchyroll, haven't you? Isn't the Shenmue animation on there now? Oh, I didn't know I that was a thing. I think the first episode's out, I think. Oh, well, I know what I'm about to do with a cup of tea then. <laughs> well, I, apologies if I'm wrong. I was reading on Twitter that the first episode's out. Um. So I, ha- I had not seen it advertised, role. Tom Parry. I was going to go and sit in a chair and read my daily chapter of Demon Slayer, but now I'm going to go put on a cup of tea and watch me some <laughs> Shenmue. Hopefully you can do that, yeah. I hope so, Tom, because if not, you'll hear about it on next week's podcast. I promise you that. I've heard it's um, faster than some people expected, the pace because obviously the game is really slow paced. <laughs> I think someone commented on um, Twitter saying, yes, well, it would have been very interesting if you spend the first uh, episode just asking people if they've seen a black car. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, had it kept pace with the game, you would have probably gotten to the temple and you would have seen the cat. That would yes, have been that, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Megumi and her... Uh, is it Megumi? Yeah. What a cliffhanger Kitty. that would have Kitty's been. Kitty's hungry. Is Kitty hungry? What can I feed her? <laughs> Find out in the next exciting episode of Shenmue the Animated. Yeah.
Mm. Okay, cool. I'm going to go do that. Right. Okay. If you've enjoyed this podcast um, and want to hear us talk about Shenmue next week, you can do so in a variety of places, uh, such as on tomattack.com forward slash podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, despite all the weird stuff that's going on in that platform. Um, and you can find us in a variety of places beyond those when you're giving us a cheeky rate and subscribe, such as on facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast, at Gameboy for me, at Tom Parry 11 for him, and on blastprocess.com and Tom and Matt Attack forward slash podcast. I did that in a different order and it really messed with my rhythm. Yeah, I just I wanted to tell, see if yeah. I could do it. But <laughs> never mind, it's all right. It's the end of the podcast. It was fine, mate. I haven't been talking for like a week. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> Tom Parry, as always, a pleasure, and thank oh, you everybody pleasure. out there for listening. Um, be sure, as always, until next week, to game on. Game on. Game on.